BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Julie Duffy Dillon's PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and food peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. During the month of September, get a 30% off using the coupon code PCOSAWARE2020. Again, it's PCOSandFoodPeace.com using the coupon code PCOSAWARE2020 for 30% off. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to season five premiere and episode 223 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and a partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I have a jam packed episode for you, but I need to pause first and just say how good it feels to just do that introduction again. I've been dying to get behind the mic, but like you, it's been really busy and I've been juggling a lot. I know you have been too, but it's nice again to be behind the mic connecting with you. This episode, I feature a letter from someone who is trying to move away from diets. In particular, they're trying to move away from keto. So first up, I want to give you a content warning that we will be discussing keto and other diets in order to manage PCOS. But this letter person has tried and tried and tried for many years to to do keto and found it sometimes helpful, but now trying to repair their relationship with food. So while I was preparing for this episode, I dug really deep into some research and I found some really interesting things. And I also came to some dead ends that I wanted to shine a light on that I think are really important. If you'd like to see a companion to this episode, go to juliedillonrd.com slash PCOSKeto, and you can follow along. I cite lots of research and key points that I think are really important if you are trying to decide if keto is right for you while you're managing PCOS or any other conditions. 
Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast has been sponsored by the Eating Disorder Trap book and podcast by Robin Goldberg. I had the opportunity to read Robin's book a few months ago, and I was blown away. It is the first book that I can recommend to people who love someone with an eating disorder or are training to become eating disorder clinicians or just healthcare providers who want to do better when it comes to conversations about food, body image, and eating disorders. It's the first one I can recommend without reservation. It's gender-affirming, fat-positive, it's likely that if you listen to the Love Food Podcast, you yourself or a close friend, a client, or a loved one is currently struggling with an eating disorder. Do you feel lost with all the information? Are you unsure who to trust? Let this book, The Eating Disorder Trap, be your guide. Written by an expert with over 20 years of experience in the field of eating disorders, this book will give you the facts in a friendly and easy-to-read format. Get to know what you're dealing with and how it is taking a toll on your body and quality of life. Get rid of the myths diet culture has had you believe. Find out where to go and who to turn to for expert and compassionate care, maximizing your potential for recovery. A useful, inviting, and all-inclusive guide to eating disorders. Also, be sure to tune into the Eating Disorder Trap podcast, also by Robin Goldberg. It's an expansive support and resource system for people struggling with eating disorders. This podcast is for clients, clinicians, and anyone who wants to be able to support someone who is struggling. I'm going to be featured on the podcast in the near future, so be sure to check it out. Robin has a free download for you, a free chapter of her book. Go to theeatingdisordertrap.com slash lovefood to get it right now. Hey, Love Food listeners. I have a quick podcast recommendation for you. It's called Demystifying Diversity. What if you had the opportunity to hear compelling firsthand accounts about the often life or death stakes of unchecked biases and bigotry? Would you listen? Biracial journalist Daryl Lee Slyons has interviewed more than 100 people academics, politicians, thought leaders, advocates, activists, and even an incarcerated inmate for an in-depth exploration of a wide range of topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every other week for 10 weeks, she'll invite you to join her to learn more about a topic related to diversity. This podcast encourages listener participation. So on alternating weeks, Darylise and her co-collaborator, Anna Marie Jones, will host a Q&A episode in which they answer listener questions, share about the interview and podcast compilation process, and delve more deeply into each topic. They are excited to partner with you to demystify diversity. So check it out. Subscribe. I cannot wait for you to listen. I was blown away by the trailer I heard, and I will be subscribing as well. So check out demystifying diversity. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, after four years of eating keto to manage my PCOS and prevent diabetes, I have started trying intuitive eating, but am honestly a little skeptical that it will work for my situation. One year into keto, I quit counting carbs and have been eating somewhat intuitively since then, even enjoying a full sugar treat a few times a year. Not without consequences to my physical and mental health, but balance, right? I don't worry about my weight and in fact got rid of my scale last year and don't miss it. Keto was all about health for me, 
In fact, when I saw a new doctor a few months ago, she said I had probably gotten rid of my PCOS by cutting out sugar, and I felt pretty good about that. I know it's not possible to completely get rid of PCOS, but I know I did something right because I started having a regular cycle for the first time in my life two years ago, thanks to keto and XYZ diet. I don't want to undo that and go back to where I was. This is why I'm approaching intuitive eating with a bit of hesitation while wanting to be free from food rules and not think about food so much. If I could go back to eating how I did seven years ago without suffering adverse health effects, that would be amazing. But maybe that's not possible because bodies and metabolisms change. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I've tried eating fruit, beans, and rice in the past week. All of them have messed with my blood sugar and made me feel like crap. Do I have to accept the fact that I just can't get along with a whole category of you, namely grains and sugars? that those are just off limits for me for the majority of the time. When I think of intuitive eating, I think all foods fit. So I'm feeling a bit confused and stuck. I want to be healthy, but I also want us to get along. Sincerely, Frustrated Foodie. Hey there, Frustrated Foodie. Thanks for the note. And I know you and I have gone back and forth in some emails over the years, and I am thrilled that you wrote this letter to food. And I know you're trying to repair your relationship with food, that you have experienced some positive effects from the keto diet as it relates to PCOS, and you've gotten a lot of basically some girls for doing it. And like you said in the letter, quote, doing it right. And what a hard place to be in now, trying to repair your relationship with food and feel like you're not doing it right and not getting the kind of effects that is promised with intuitive eating and wondering what to do next. And I am especially grateful that you wrote this letter because there are so many people who are connecting with keto to manage their PCOS, to treat it. Maybe they even were told, like you were, that it would cure it and find it not a solution. Or rather, that's how I'm seeing it. It's not a solution. But I think a lot of people, and maybe you included, letter writer, 
think you're not doing it right, or you just aren't able to maintain the the strict adherence to the plan. You don't have enough willpower. And I hope you know that I don't actually believe those things. That's a part of diet culture and keto is included in that. So what I want to do over the next few minutes is really go into, for those of you who, unlike the letter writer, are still knee deep in keto, um, in action, you know, still really following all the rules and regulations and maybe going on and off keto and wondering, is this really an option to help manage PCOS? Uh, I want to dive deep into some of that. And for those of you who are like the letter writer, maybe in action, you're not always doing keto rules, but they definitely are in your brain. And keto has gotten all of the positive kind of outcomes and not dieting or not doing keto has gotten all the flack. And what I want to do is help you to maybe just look in a different direction. It's not all or nothing, but just an and. What about this other option? Because I think there's a way for you to repair your relationship with food, move away from keto, and do intuitive eating work. It just may look a little different. So first up, why is keto so popular to treat PCOS? Well, we know that most people with PCOS experience high circulating insulin levels, which are behind those intense carb cravings, absent or irregular periods, issues with sleep, and so many other things. So finding a way to lower insulin potentially could improve fertility, energy levels, mood, hair growth, um, the way your body uses energy from food or metabolism. And the big one, I think, is people are really scared of getting diabetes. And we know that about half of people with PCOS are diagnosed with diabetes by the time they're 40. And so that's scary. I do think diabetes is used as a weapon to scare people into being more rigid with food and to monitor their weight. So keto has this kind of seductive quality to it that it would be able to fix all of that. So everyone is recommending keto to treat your PCOS, including this letter writer, doctors, dietitians, fitness professionals, your neighbor, (laughs) your mom. So many people are recommending it as the end-all be-all. Is it the end-all be-all? I think if you were a lab rat, a Petri dish, or a robot, maybe it would be the solution. I think if you were not a human, it potentially could do something long-term to help improve ovulation and lower insulin levels. But here's the thing. You are a human. And before I go into that side of things, you know, the humanity and keto, I want to spend just a few minutes reviewing the, the data we do have on keto and PCOS. There's very little, so it's going to be very short. <laughs> so we have two research studies in particular that have looked at keto and PCOS. The first one 
is one from 2005. And this is probably, quote, the most famous of all because it is the one cited the most when you read articles on keto and PCOS that are trying to persuade one to use it to manage their symptoms. And it included, I'm going to look at my notes here, this um, research from 2005 studied 11 people with PCOS and the study's design was 24 weeks long. Five people, that's right, five people finished the study. This is really important. Why did only five people finish a study that was six months long? But what the study showed, which is really similar to um, diet research in general, it showed plenty of biomarkers improve, like the LH-FSH ratio, which is something that when it's not... um, correct. When the ratio is not correct, it it affects ovulation. So that's why many people with PCOS experience um, missing periods or irregular periods or experience infertility. This research also found that keto was, um, for, for the six-month period, lowered fasting insulin and t- testosterone. Weight also went down. There were some non-significant decreases in um, non-fasting insulin, blood sugar, testosterone, A1C, triglycerides, and perceived body hair. So, you know, it showed some really wonderful things. And why did only five of the 11 finish the study? This is really, really important. And I would love to actually research what would happen to those six people who did not finish the study, what their lived experience was, and also after the 24 weeks were over, what happened to people who did stay on um, this plan? So the small sample size and the lack of long-term data were some of the limitations of this particular study. So we have some newer research that I'm going to go to next. Um, Up until this point, before this one I'm going to talk about now, that 2005 study was the only one that I was able to actually use in talking about keto and PCOS, but we finally have another one. And I'm going to put a link to some 2020 research that studied 24 people with PCOS, and it was 12 weeks in duration. Very important. Again, only 24 people with PCOS and a three-month duration. So... I'm sure you were able to follow many different diets for three months, many different diets, but is that really long-term? Is that good enough for you? I don't think it's good enough for you. Well, anyway, in this 12-week duration research, the 24 people in general found to have improved HDLs, which is the good cholesterol, improved LDLs, which is the bad cholesterol, triglycerides was lower, testosterone was lower, the LH to FSH ratio was also improved, and weight decreased. Again, the small sample size and short duration were two of the many study limitations, so it's not generalizable for everyone. They also mentioned in the research that they were not able to determine whether this diet was even safe before and during pregnancy. That's a really big, important piece there because what I'm hearing in the reproductive medicine world is a lot of keto recommendations to treat PCOS, and I think it really needs to we need to pause on that because we don't have research that shows that is that even safe to do around the time of conception how does that affect 
a developing brain if someone is doing keto. And that's really important because um, carbohydrates in the um, first trimester of pregnancy, the glucose that the baby was receiving in the brain and like the brain development that's happening and all the organ development, glucose is really, really important. Um, that's why if you've been pregnant, you may remember the first part of pregnancy, I know for me, I mean, I basically lived off Triscuits <laughs> and um, that's all I could really stomach because I felt really nauseous, but also all I wanted to eat was carbohydrates. And I think that's really, uh, that was really impressive to me, but then also learning about um, how there are certain times during the development of the fetus where brain development is really, really important and we need certain nutrients at certain times and carbohydrates or glucose rather is one of them. And if the the brain and other organs when they're developing, if they're not getting it, the body has to rely on ketos, which of course is really famous in the ketogenic diet that we just rely on ketos. The body will quickly convert to have ketos or ketones, excuse me, as a source for energy to help that brain development and organ development, but it is considered a weaker source of energy for um, the development of the fetus. And there's not good outcomes with that. So keep that in mind. If you're wanting to do keto to help promote ovulation and you know it's going to improve that FH to LH FH to LSH ratio, yeah, it 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 looks like in the short term that it would do that. So maybe if you're going through IVF or something like that or anything with reproductive medicine, that may be favorable, but just know that we don't know if that actually is safe if you do get pregnant that cycle. Okay, so I have some follow-up questions from this research. I'm curious what their fasting insulin, testosterone, blood sugar, blood pressure, FH to LSH ratio, ovulation, A1C, and weight is today. What is life like now with the study subjects? How is their relationship with food? What was it like moving away from the rigorous research intervention to real-life management of food? How did they experience grocery shopping, family get-togethers, work dinners? Six people, like I said, were not able to continue with the keto diet in the 2005 research article. What is the norm for them? What if that is the norm? How are they experiencing food now that they, quote, failed that diet? Why weren't they further studied? And again, what if that is the norm, that it's just not a diet we can stay on long-term. And so many of you have told me that you've tried and tried and tried to do keto and you saw some really wonderful biomarkers like you let a writer. You mentioned that it did some really favorable things. Your doctor was really pleased, but I know that you're moving away from keto and you haven't explicitly said why in the letter, um, I'm assuming it has to do with your relationship with food or it just wasn't something you could continue to do. I know there's many different reasons. And are you ready to cut out a whole food group forever because 29 people were able to stay on a keto diet for three to six months? Are you ready to shame yourself for not sticking to a keto diet because 29 people were able to stay on it for three to six months? I really think those are important questions to consider. And from your letter, what I was able to glean is that maybe you're not fully practicing keto anymore, 
But there's a, so much of the diet trauma, the diet rules that are still in there. And whenever you introduce a food and you feel crappy from it, blaming the food, not keto. What if the diet is behind feeling so shitty? What if it's not you? What if it's not repairing your relationship with food? What if it's not the healing? What if it, it's the diet to begin with that caused all of this? Remember, we don't have any long-term data to support any diet to treat PCOS. Yet dieting is the first recommendation to treat it, even though the 2018 guidelines, there were these 2018 PCOS evidence-based guidelines that were put out, and they said they have zero diets that are shown to be sustainable and health-promoting for people with PCOS. So just pick one. How incredibly fatphobic of you, people who wrote the 2018 PCOS evidence-based guidelines, We do have research though, and I wonder if this connects with you, letter writer. We do have research that people with PCOS who yo-yo diet more often experience binge eating. So I'm wondering for you, letter writer, is that what you're experiencing? Does it feel chaotic? Does it feel not good to be so rigid and restrictive? Are you having to think about food all the time? And maybe if you're listening and you can relate to that letter, you can relate to that too. So what now? Letter writer, what do you do instead? I know you're trying. I know you're trying really hard. And I'm so glad you moved away from the scale as a measure of progress. That is first and foremost so important because if you're always worrying about your weight, it'll keep you from trusting your body. It won't improve your health long-term and it won't make the cravings go away. Worrying about your weight will only make you more susceptible to binge eating experiences, eating disorders, and intensify those cravings. I want you to be sure you're eating enough, really eating enough. And as you're doing that, I know you're used to checking blood sugar all the time. If you've access to working with a dietitian who really gets health at every size, intuitive eating, and not just says that they do intuitive eating, but really gets it and lets you really explore your ambivalence with staying on keto and moving toward intuitive eating. It's okay to be in that space, and it's really normal to be in that space. And I want you to be able to just hash out all those details. I say all this because I think looking at more data, like blood sugar in the moment, insulin in the moment, is getting in your way. Because health is not a moment-to-moment thing. It's this big picture. It's also a social construct. It's really ambiguous. And it's so hard to determine. And if you look at these details so closely, it's going to keep you from the bigger picture, the long-term sustainable way for you to manage food, moving, and how you relate to your body. I would expect as you're repairing your relationship with food, there's going to be times where you feel like shit, not just emotionally, but physically. As your body is experiencing the rebound high insulin levels from dieting, not from the food, not from repair work, but from dieting, you're going to feel really shitty. I encourage you to explore different ways to lower insulin levels without dieting. There are so many. I've put together a blog post 
from the research I did putting together this this episode that goes into more ways to help lower insulin levels without dieting. You can get to it at juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS keto. And there's some things there that you can do. You can make sure you're eating enough, experimenting with adding more protein, not omitting carbohydrates or sugar, but rather focusing on what to add instead of focusing on what to take away. Keto and any other diet plan, that's what they do. They focus on how we need to remove things. We need to restrict things that we can't control ourselves around certain foods. The big part of intuitive eating work is honoring that you are the expert, that you get to decide what works and doesn't work for you. You you are in charge and you can trust yourself. The way with PCOS that this can be added to is thinking about that. What can I add to what I'm eating to help manage my PCOS? And, you know, we're not always going to know exact insulin levels and cortisol levels, but for you, letter writer, you, you notice, and I know many people listening do too, you may feel sluggish, you may have more energy. Like those are all things that you can use. So maybe eating some, you mentioned beans and rice, maybe that is something that your body enjoys eating and feels energized with other foods added to it or certain times of day. I mean, those are all things that just just depend. I also will say if someone's insulin levels are really, really high because of chronic dieting, because of the PCOS, and because of stress, hello, COVID-19, if you live in a body that has been marginalized, that also leads to higher insulin levels, higher levels of inflammation. If you have all three of those going on, your insulin levels are going to be feeling like crap no matter what. And you could momentarily, for three to six months, lower them with keto. But we know that's just not sustainable long-term. And in fact, just doing those and having that like momentary, momentarily, I don't know if that's correct grammar, but go with me. Just having that moment of preferred lab work is what we know through research rather is that's just promoting long-term worsened insulin levels and worsened um, inflammatory markers. So what can you do instead? That may mean adding a medication, adding supplements. Again, I go through many different options in that blog post. It's juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS keto. One last thing, letter writer. If you are wondering if you can move from keto to intuitive eating, I want you to know that you can. It's something that you can definitely do. You deserve to feel at home in your own skin. You deserve to have a positive relationship with food. Please do not judge intuitive eating by the immediate kind of experience you have, whether it's the feeling in your body or how chaotic food feels. With these first few steps, repairing your relationship with food is what intuitive eating is all about. And that takes time. It takes a long time, especially if you've been dieting a long time. That dieting experience is behind the chaos and that crappy sluggish feeling that so many people describe as they're starting to move away from dieting. Give yourself space. Give yourself compassion. 
if you have access to someone to help, that would even make it easier. But again, give yourself space and time and tons of compassion. I'm rooting for you. Keep us posted on how things are going. So many people are in your shoes along with you on the same journey. So yeah, keep us posted on how things are going. We would love, love, love to be updated on your progress. All right. I see food has written back. But before we get to food letter, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by the Eating Disorder Trap book and podcast by Robin Goldberg. Be sure to go to the very special link that she has prepared for you to get a chapter of the book. You get actually the second chapter. Go to theeatingdisordertrap.com slash lovefood and you'll get to all the details. Also, while you are subscribing to the Eating Disorder Trap podcast, also subscribe to the Demystifying Diversity podcast. I'm super excited about this podcast and I think you will learn a lot from it too. And lastly, this episode of the Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. Remember, during the month of September, there's a 30% off coupon just for you. Yes, you can get 30% off whether you pay for my course all in one installment, three installments, or 12 installments. And you get access to the whole course right from the get-go, no matter which option you choose, just use the coupon PCOSAWARE2020 at checkout and you'll get 30% off. Again, it's PCOSandfoodpeace.com using the coupon code PCOSAWARE2020. All right, that's all I have, folks. We are ready to hear Food's letter back to Frustrated Foodie, but until next time, take care. Dear Frustrated Foodie, we see you're exhausted. We see your shame. We know you blame yourself for keto and other diets not being the solution. Compassionately, we encourage you to consider the evidence. PCOS and keto research is flimsy, questionable, and scant. We give it too much power. It is time for you to reaffirm the expert role of your body. Consider giving yourself time, lots of it, to repair what keto and other diets have done to your body and relationship with food. Try to reframe from right or wrong. Get used to leaning in, trusting, and zooming out for the big picture. Get support if you can. Diets promise a solution that has yet to exist. Readjust your sales for a different journey. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.